Hey everybody, hello, welcome, welcome back. I'm here again. We're here again. That's that's great. We're we're both here at the same time. Amazing. How are you? How's your day? All positive things, I hope. All positive. Thank you. I'm here to talk to you about why is the ocean harder to explore than space? It's kind of it's kind of a cool topic, huh? I mean, you're curious. So why don't why don't we go see what's up with that? Let's let's find out why. Cause I sure as hell wanna know. Even even though I've already done the research. But yeah, let's go, let's go, come on. Let's get into the ocean first. So for the ocean, about 80% of the ocean hasn't been explored. And because of that, only about 7% of it is protected. 7% of the ocean is protected. Those areas that are explored are designated as marine protected areas. MPAs. After 200 meters, light, meaning sunlight, starts to diminish, starts to vanish, which makes it harder for any of the cameras or equipment to catch any kind of life or anything. Like, you can't see anything after 200 meters. Otherwise, you're pretty much going down there blind. Now, in 2012, Mr. James Cameron here, an ocean enthusiast, set a record. Congrats! When he visited Mariana's Trench. Now, to any of my my homies here that had an, an emo phase in middle school, but back to the topic, Mariana's Trench is 11,034 meters deep, which is about seven miles. It's about seven miles. Now, Mr. James Cameron here visited Mariana's Trench in a vertical torpedo sub. The Deep Sea Challenger is what it was called. It took him about two hours and 36 minutes to reach the deepest point of the ocean, which was... 10,898 meters deep. 10,898 meters of water surrounding you. Now in feet, that's 35,756 feet. Excuse me? I can barely last sitting in an airplane for three hours. A car ride for three hours. Now, this guy was sitting in a submarine for two hours and 36 minutes. Are you kidding me? In the ocean at 10,898 meters deep. Now, the first person to ever reach Mariana's Trench. Correction. The first people were Don Walsh and Jacques Picard. Not sure if that was a French accent, but you get it. That was back on January 23rd, 1960. Now let's talk about challenges you can face 
while deep sea exploring, which include equipment to work consistently and reliably for hours without maintenance support. Now, if something breaks down there, you can't just call up a mechanic and be like, yo, come down to Mariana's Trench and come and fix this for me, will ya? You can't do that. <laughs> it took Homie two hours and 36 minutes to get down there. Imagine calling someone to come and fix something for you. You're screwed. Another challenge is the corrosive nature of seawater. I mean, water, seawater. It's very salty. It can get cold. Let alone the extreme pressure that's exerted on the equipment. Have you ever been to like the deepest part of a pool? Like you're swimming down to the deepest part of the pool and your ears start like hurting because of the pressure that's down there. Imagine being 10,000 feet underwater, <laughs> which is why you need the perfect equipment to be down there. Another challenge is unreliable, expensive, or insufficient power supplies. Unreliable meaning, you know, you can't just be half-assing shit. Because it's expensive to build a sub that'll take you down to the ocean, to the depths of the ocean. You can't even go down there. I mean, imagine going down there with not enough supplies. That is irresponsible, actually. Now, lastly... Complex processes undertaken on exploration and extraction machines. I am not too sure what that means, honestly. But that's all according to ESI Motion, which is where I got this information from. ESI Motion, to give you a little background, is a company that specializes in harsh environments and mission-critical applications, meaning that's their job. They're literally there to kind of, like, deal with deep-sea exploration and, like, figure out what you need, what you need to do, what equipment can withstand something. The ocean's a spooky place, guys. I can barely get past, like, those little waves that come in at the sand, at, at the beaches. But it's also weird because I can swim in the ocean in Mexico. I'm fine with that. But here in the U.S., I'm scared. Like, what's what's the logic? You think Mexico would be, like, more spookier because it's Mexico. It's the ocean, right? Regardless, it's the ocean. I don't understand my logic, actually. I don't. Now, let's get into space, right? What's, what's up with space? How much have we seen? Who's been up there? What can we do to get up there? What can we do to get further up there? Now, only 4% of space has been explored. Now, only 4% of space has been explored. 
And in 2003, all thanks to the Hubble telescope, we were able to see up to 13 billion light years away. Let me get a little bit closer so you can hear me a little bit better. 13 billion light years away. Now, that was only possible because of the light that the galaxy created itself. Imagine that. We're able to see 13 billion light years away, but we can't see below 200 meters of the ocean. <laughs> what is this thing we called space, the ocean, the earth? Am I right? Now, I'm sure we all know Mr. Yuri Gagarin was the first person to reach space, which was April 1st, 1961, in Vostok 1, which was his, his shuttle. He circled the Earth at a speed of 27,400 kilometers for 108 minutes. I tried to look up kilometers in miles, and I couldn't get, like, a solid number. <laughs> if, you, if you look it up and try and convert it, you'll see what I mean. But if you're a math genius, think God has blessed you. Because I am terrible at math. Voyager 1 reached the outer edge of the solar system back in December 5th, 2011, and entered interstellar space August 25th, 2012. That's pretty good. 2011 to 2012. Insane. Now, also, like, what's crazier to me is that the first person to reach space was in 1961, and the first person to ever reach Mariana's Trench was in 1960. Like, what? We're just out here reaching new kinds of land? Like, shout out to all these people. Shout out to them for dedicating themselves to the ocean, to space, to, you know, to kind of explore things that normal people... <laughs> normal people i'm using that loosely normal people wouldn't want to do i mean would you personally want to be ten thousand meters deep in the ocean would you want to be in interstellar space i mean yeah that sounds cool i guess right space but i mean you have to and en like endeavor a lot when you're up there when you're down there now according to wiki Deep space exploration further than this vessel's, meaning Voyager 1, capacity is not yet possible due to limitations in the propulsion technology currently available. Now, I know a lot of people don't agree that Wiki's a good source, but I'm sorry, I just had to. Now, in order to survive deep space exploration, the vessel, any kind of vessel that's going up there, would need systems to live and breathe, obviously, right? Why would you send someone up there if they don't have proper oxygen and, like, pressure for a living space? Proper propulsion. Repeat that after me. Say that five times in a row really fast. <laughs> Ability to hold off heat, obviously, because you're going into space. The sun's up there. Anything can be above 100 degrees i mean us here in california we can barely stand 100 degree weather 
Imagine a human up there in space where the sun is. Like, you're like sitting up close next to the sun. Imagine that. They also need radiation protection. Because, you know, it's space. Everything has, like, insane amount of radiation. Insane amount of anything. You don't know what's up there. And they'd also need constant communication and navigation. Obviously, right? You you can't just call up Mr. Uh, Houston over there and be like, yo, um, we just made it. It's not as easy. You know, signal gets lost. Phones don't work up there. You need really good communication. Yeah, it takes a little bit longer. You pro- It probably takes like 30 minutes for Earth to get a signal from space depending on where they are depending on the system the device that they're using you know navigation they need to see where you are they need to know where you are you know there you got human people up there you need to be accountable for them no hazards humans face while in space wow look at that is of course radiation right right isolation and confinement i mean you're up there in space you're up there with like five other people you don't really know them i'm sure eventually you'll get to know them but also you're away from your family your friends that can get really lonely and on top of that you're in a minimal spaced area you're confined to small spaces now to pair that along with how far you are from earth you know you can't just get up and go anytime you please but that also means they should be able to support themselves without help from you know the homies on earth of course if there's an emergency they are able to come back to earth in a matter of like an hour or two But, you know, they're up there on a mission, so you should be responsible for yourselves and for others. And you should be able to support yourselves up there because, you know, you're up there for years and years and years. Another obstacle would be gravity. Of course, of course, there's no gravity up there. And hostile slash closed environments. Hostile, I mean, you're in space. That, that goes along with gravity. Imagine if you get loose or something. You're screwed. It takes a lot for people to get up into space. They go through intense amount of training. I can't even imagine what training is like. I can't imagine what training is like to get under the ocean. I mean, in space, you're surrounded by no gravity. So you're able to fly anywhere you want. And in the ocean, you're being dragged down by the amount of pressure. That's terrifying, don't you think? Some kind of up-to-date info on the ocean versus space would be that as of April 9, 2021, this year, that was like a week, two weeks ago, BBC reported that scientists around the world used 200 ocean hydrophones. Underwater microphones is what hydrophones are. 
to record sea noise during the year of the pandemic. That's really fucking cool, in my opinion. Imagine hearing you get, like, no human traffic noise, which is what they were measuring. They were trying to measure the difference in no traffic noise from humans. You know, traffic noise meaning from shipping, from construction, from military, and, like, undersea surveys. And natural sea life noise. That's really fucking cool. I would love to hear what that sounds like. Like with human traffic noise and no human traffic noise. I mean, imagine imagine the noise we hear driving to work and then from work to home. Or to, to do errands. Or just laying in your bed at night, depending on where y- your house is located. I personally never get a moment of silence here in this house from the street until like 2 a.m and even then there's people racing down the street like come on in 2024 can you believe that the mission is called artemis artemis is sending the first woman also the next man to the moon to explore more of the moon so that we can have enough knowledge to be able to explore Mars, which after that, that's the next mission. You know, and technology is only getting more smarter, more better, more reliable. So imagine, it's already 2021, they want to explore the moon in 2024. That's crazy. Back in 2012, Mr. James Cameron here was able to reach 10,000, almost 11,000 meters deep into the water. I am excited to see what technology or how far technology will get us into space and the ocean. Basically, in conclusion, it's harder to explore the ocean because of the intense amount of pressure in the water and how expensive it is to build equipment that'll last in such an insane environment. I mean, space is also a crazy environment because of the insane amount of pressure you can also experience. They stabilize the pressure in the cabins for humans. Now imagine the tiniest bit of the tiniest bit of space air getting into like your spaceship. It will set off the pressure already existing in there. It'll destabilize it. This is all. It's just amazing what what we've done, what we've the progress we've made in general. Like, yeah, we can't really explore the ocean that much, but I mean, for a person to travel almost eleven thousand meters deep into the ocean is insane. That's crazy. That's amazing, actually. And for 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 people to visit space in general is amazing we entered interstellar space mr mr matthew mcconaughey up there you know in 2012 and just recently they confirmed that that clip of a suspected ufo is actually a ufo (laughs) i mean what give us another six years maybe we'll see if if aliens truly walk among us or truly exist in space i'm excited to see what the future holds for us in the ocean in space technology in general 
aren't you? Are you excited as well? Or are you kind of scared? Now, you also might be wondering, why do the fish underwater, under like the deepest depths of the water, look so weird? And that's because the pressure, again, the pressure, the pressure has a lot to do with like deep sea. At the bottom of the ocean is what makes the weird appearance of the fish, of the creatures. Now, according to um, the rainforest site, they say cartilage and low density flesh that doesn't collapse under high pressure is the rule rather than bony skeletons that would snap. That's crazy how like these fish adapt themselves in that environment to survive also like there's not really much down there either so they have to survive on like stuff that floats down there and like little little bits of like like seaweed anything that floats down there is what they feed on it's insane it's insane it's insane it's insane i can just get stuck on the internet looking at all this crap I don't know. I just hope you guys found this also interesting. And I hope I did a good enough job to kind of explain to you the, like why the ocean is harder. It's all just a matter of pressure. You know, you're surrounded by water. You can only take so much as a human. And then technology also can can also take so much pressure of water and like the acidity the saltiness of the seawater but regardless we'll get there it'll take years but we'll get there and i cannot wait to see all the the creepy weird things that are up there that are down there you know, I say creepy and weird, but because, you know, it's the unknown so far, right? So, regardless, it's going to be amazing. I don't know. I'm all sappy now because I'm, like, excited to see what the future holds. <laughs> and for my sources, because it's important to cite your sources, I use Wikipedia, NASA, Ocean Explorer, and Research. ESI Motion, and the Rainforest site. But with that being said, thank you guys so much for coming, for listening, and for appreciating my content. I hope the research I did was informative. I hope you learned something, because I sure as hell did while doing all this research. <laughs> but I truly hope you enjoyed today's episode. As I'm recording this, the day is... So to those people who celebrate this day, I hope you're hydrated. And for those who don't, I also hope you're hydrated. You should always be hydrated. I got my 64 ounce bottle right here. My Hydro Flask. Get yourself 64 ounces a day. You'll be set. Please. Anyways, my little H2O rant. Thank you guys so much for coming. You'll be hearing from me soon. 
have a good night or a good day. Bye.